is the Better Life, Better Work show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm an intuitive life and business coach here to help you create better life and better work. I help super successful people, you know, the recovering overachievers, put the soul back in their lives, and I help soulful people create success. On this show, topics range from the mystic to the logistic, and our content will support your being and your doing while on your path to create better life and better work. More is not better. Better is better. This is episode number 146 of the Better Life, Better Work show. I'm your host, Allison Crow, and today's podcast is about self-leadership and wholehearted living. And this is the direction and focus that my work has been becoming over the last four years. At the beginning of the year, I set out and specifically hired a mentor coach to work on self-leadership and self-trust and a whole new level of expansion. I don't want to call it a level. It's a deepening, a whole new deepening of who I be is being cultivated. And so today I wanted to talk about self-leadership and wholehearted living. And yesterday (laughs) I did, uh, um, Brene Brown has the book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And on her web website, she has a wholehearted inventory. And there's also in the free section of her website, there is uh, a couple of posters about guideposts for wholehearted living. And one of these, so this is uh, recorded on live stream and will be turned into a podcast. And so I will post a picture in the podcast notes. Um, But those who are seeing on video, this is one of the little posters. I've painted it and I have it up on the wall behind my computer. And I'll I'll run through this real quickly. Um, It's from her book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And it talks about the aspects that we want to let go of and that we want to cultivate. And if you're listening or watching, this is just a good, I love a good reset. Right? Like when my Amazon Fire Stick quits working, I just reset it. When my internet gets splotchy, I just reset it. When my computer starts going slow, I just reboot it. And if I wait too long in between those things, there's a little bit of clogging. So um, she talks about letting go of what people think and cultivating authenticity, letting go of perfectionism and and cultivating self-compassion, letting go of numbing and powerlessness, and cultivating a resilient spirit, letting go of scarcity and fear of the dark, and cultivating gratitude and joy, letting go of the need for certainty, and cultivating intuition and trusting faith, which I noticed that she took off the wholehearted inventory, and she explains on that. Um, letting go of comparison and cultivating creativity. And I'll come back to it in a minute, but this is one of the reasons I retook this test lately because my comparison-itis and the impacts of that emotionally have been really under my skin lately. Letting go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self-worth and cultivating play and rest. 
letting go of anxiety as a lifestyle and cultivating calm and stillness. It's always wonderful when you lose your voice recording a podcast. Letting go of self-doubt and supposed to, and there have been quite a few shoulds in my brain lately. I'm not normally hard on myself, but every once in a while I go through these little pockets and I've been in a pocket. I'm meeting myself in that pocket right now. So letting go of self-doubt and supposed to and cultivating meaningful work. And I think that's exactly why I have been um, tender in the comparison and doubt is because I am in a new phase of cultivating my meaningful work. Being cool and always in control, um, letting go of that, and cultivating laughter, song, and dance. And so when I did my wholehearted inventory, now this is just done in a snapshot. I've done it before, but I knew that I was going to be going into a um, deep coaching session with my coach yesterday, wanting to talk about some of the places that were taking me out of emotional regulation taking me out of my true self-leadership. And so I, I decided to do this just for myself. I know watching this, you can't see what it says, but you can see that there are a couple that are really low. And so when you take this wholehearted inventory, it's free. She doesn't even keep your, you can have it mailed to you, but it doesn't put you on her list or anything. And so uh, letting go of what people think, cultivating authenticity, doing pretty well there, perfectionism, doing pretty well, um, numbingness and powerless, doing pretty well. I do probably hit the Amazon button a little too much. Let's be real. Um, Scarcity. This says I'm doing well. And I don't think I've, there's just been a little, little layer of scarcity. (laughs) And I think anytime we go through an expansion and evolution, I think it's normal for scarcity and doubt to flare up. And I am so grateful for the flare ups because when I don't bowl over them, when you don't bowl over them, when we meet our scarcity with love and tenderness and we really tap into why and what's going on. When we meet our comparison with love and tenderness, there's opportunity for serious whole body healing and embodiment of that which we're cultivating. And that's one of the things I've really been working on in my journey. And I want to encourage you to work on. I have been self-employed for 17 years. I've been coaching for 15 years, 15 and a half years now. And there, the embodiment piece, like, so much of that was from the neck up and intelligence and and not really knowing how to feel. And I've really been working into taking these things that I cultivate into my whole body. That's a whole nother podcast. But um, so scarcity is kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. my membership um, is lower than it has been in a long time. And that's okay. Uh, We have about 48 people, which is perfect. Um, It's been as high as 85. I trust that the right people in the right time, um, it is a, it's a, you know, 
come and stay if you want, or pop in and pop out if you want. The doors are always open and it's month to month. And so, but my other aspects of business are doing really well. Also, I think the scarcity is actually not coming from my financial numbers because those are fine. The scarcity is coming because I am moving away from claiming myself as a business coach and instead being a life and self-leadership for business owners. I think definitely, I don't think, I know that definitely I understand the business landscape. And so that is a huge asset as a life and self-leadership coach. And I, I started out as a sales coach and helping people make money feels really sexy. And who doesn't want to make more money? Nobody's out there going, yeah, I can help you make more money. Um, nobody's saying they don't want that, right? Like most people really want that. And, and so there's a, I've always had business coaching as a part of my coaching and I certainly enjoy it, but it's, it's evolving and what I'm called to do. Like I can feel it deep in my body. I can feel it deep in my hips. I can feel it deep in my chest. I can feel my feet rooting into the ground as this self leadership, wholehearted living and helping business owners with this. And so that is triggering a little bit of scarcity, like, oh, if I walk away from this, right? <laughs> because think about it in marketing, like who wants to come do this hard, deep inner work? <laughs> no one. <laughs> Everybody wants the shiny objects and the feel good, right? But who really wants to go down to the depths of their soul? Now, the reality is there are plenty of people do. I have, I have a full client load. So, and I know I do. I invest in this. So the, the next one is comparison and creativity. And this is the one where I was the lowest at, especially the last week. My comparisonitis and jealousy was off the charts because some people around me are really in their groove and I'm excited for them to be in their groove and they're really in groove with their messaging and they just seem really magnetized. And I felt not just, when I hold myself in comparison to an orange and I'm an apple. I feel like an apple, not an orange. <laughs> and it's so silly, but I know that I'm not the only leader that does it. Um, I saw one of my friends um, and colleagues who is also a coach and leader. And she posted about jealousy yesterday. And like, the, you know, I've had some gut punches of jealousy. And what I, again, what I like is those are opportunities. If we're talking about wholehearted living, I can either bypass those or I can coach my, change my mindset, or I can really go in. And um, yesterday I really went in with my coach and like really went in. I went into like seventh grade Allison and I don't know. Did anybody really feel like they belonged in seventh grade? And, and I felt, you know, I, I tapped into a seventh grade version of Allison. And in seventh grade, I just wanted to belong. And the other girls in school were always very nice. There was, we didn't have mean girls in our school, at least not that I remember. They were always very nice and kind, but I never felt included. They were nice at school. And I never felt included. And they were all cheerleaders and I was basketball and I was a leader in basketball. And I did, I did feel included with my basketball friends. Shout out to Lisa and Lana and Mona. Um, but like these specific girls in my grade, and they're all still friends now. 
And they're nice and kind people. And I just was never a part of their girl gang. And how many of us have wanted to be a part of some girl gang out there? And yeah, (laughs) right. So that's where this, um, it's so funny because there's a part of me that doesn't need to be popular, but there's a part like the seventh grade Allison wants to be popular. I want my work to be popular. I want, it's not even about money. It's like, I just want my work to be meaningful. And when I notice that I'm starting to source that from outside of me, I know that it's time to, it's time to really meet the tender parts inside of me. And I know that's not uncommon. I mean, I hear my clients all the time. They want to belong. They want their work to be meaningful. They want to be significant. They want their work to be paid attention to. And so it's it, it's been a really good opportunity for me um, to not dismiss the tender parts. Here I am 50, and while sometimes I'm wildly confident, I'm also sometimes, I, I'm not as insecure as I used to be, but sometimes I feel needy still. And instead of like, instead of coaching over that, what I'm doing now and what I'm helping my clients doing that's actually working is I'm moving closer to myself in a calm and curious way. And I'm just like yesterday, I just asked this part of me to show me pictures of where she was hurt and show me pictures where she felt out. And I just sat with her and I reminded her that I, she will always belong to me and I will always belong to her. And that we always find our people at the right time. And what's interesting is on the opposite end of comparison is creativity. And I noticed a couple of weeks ago um, before I was hit with this like little, I don't even want to call it a virus. Gosh, it's so, it's so funny, y'all, how we are trained to think it as negative emotion. I don't believe there is negative emotion and I really stand against labeling it those things i don't even want to call it shadow um for me what's working right now is like these tender parts these tender emotions and in the past it's like oh change your negative emotion to a positive emotion and that negative emotion is still sitting there in the cells of my body freaking the fuck out i know you know that feeling and so what i'm learning how to do is meet that tenderness i'm learning how to instead of not listening to those parts i'm learning how to listen And as I tell my clients, we can listen to their fears without being in fear. I think a lot of us have been told, don't listen to fear. Um, I had a client say the other day, if I listen to these parts, I'm only indulging bad behavior. Oh my God, y'all, fear is not a moral failure. Comparison is not a moral failure. Anxiety, perfectionism are not moral failures. That's another one. I'm really gotten sensitive to the language of good. What is good? And good being a moral thing, right? And there are so many ways we judge ourselves and there's a moral condition on it. Um, I don't think any of you guys are waking up and killing people and cats and, you know, you're not behaving amorally, right? But part of our systems have told us that we're going to hell if we're not good, if we're not good, or we're not good enough, this whole thing. So, so 
I'm really noticing these tender parts, right? And as I sit with them, instead of jumping over the comparison and forcing myself into creativity and self-trust, I'm noticing that I am actually embodying self-trust by meeting the sweet seventh grader that wanted Taylor White to love her and he loved Amy Walker. Um, I'm noticing the, the sweet seventh grader who really liked herself and just wanted to be liked. Right. Like just sitting with her, I had a vision of her yesterday in front of the mirror and she didn't really like her haircut, but she wasn't real hard on herself. She just wanted to be included with other people. And instead of telling her how she is included, I just sat with her and held her. And as I sat and held her, she softened up. That's what self-leadership is. That's what wholehearted living is. Wholehearted living is not hashtag living my best life. Living my best life is meeting all these parts of myself. And then when I am out there in the world or in here taking a nap, my whole being is in it. I don't have to shove these parts in the closet. And so, yeah, the comparison stuff. And it's fun. The other thing is, when I talk about and listen to my parts that are struggling with jealousy and comparison, then what happens is, instead of getting into more comparison, like they say, what you focus on expands. I call bullshit on that. What you ignore expands. I, I definitely what we what we focus on we can cultivate but when i listen to my fears and my comparison and my small self and my little littles inside of me what they do is they end up appreciating me for paying attention and they relax into that which i desire to cultivate and so actually what happens as i sit and meet with these parts and i say well if you didn't have to protect me do this with clients too. But if you didn't have to protect me, if you didn't have to make sure we would belong, what would you want to do? I would want to paint. Oh, so they would want to be creative. I would want to focus on our work. I would want to, fo- right? I would want to focus our work. And so there's a difference there. Sometimes I wish I could show you, as Rocky snores, I wish I could show you the visions I see in my mind because I have these like little cartoon or movies play in my mind that visually make it so good. And here I am on a podcast with you. Um, But there's like two paths and everybody, I get it. We all want to jump over the difficult parts. And what I find when we jump over the difficult parts, we end up back at the same place over and over. And that's not a moral failure either, right? That's not a moral failure either. Um. The next one, exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self-worth. Uh, dude, I'm, I'm doing okay on that. I could use, I've got a lot of rest. I do really well on rest, but I could definitely use a little bit more play. Definitely use a little bit more play. Um, anxiety as a lifestyle, calm and stillness. I'm, I'm up there at about a seven out of 10. I don't, I felt a little bit more anxious. And I also, this is, <laughs> So not only do we go inside and look at these emotional parts, but I also look at my books and my numbers and August and September are giant months of expenses for me. And so those can trigger or those can um, push against some of those tender parts, right? And what's perfect is, oh, this is an opportunity. In the past, I've just 
I've just said, oh, it's just August and September. And I have a lot, like a lot of my annual renewals come up and I usually pay for things for a year because you get it cheaper. I also have a lot of retreats in the fall and I'm also putting a deposit down on the venue for Camp Starheart next year. So a lot of cash outflow. And in the past, it was I would just intellectually bypass that. And so every September, October, or September, August, September, I have this feeling. And it's okay. I mean, like, I could settle and just know I can resilient. I can handle this feeling. Or I can go into those little parts that feel that tightness in my chest around spending so much money all at once. And I can really listen to their fears. And I can help hold their hands. Um, I can not coach them, not self-coaching self-coaching has been really good until it wasn't good self-coaching has kept me from wholehearted living self-coaching i mean i guess it eventually got me here because at some point self-coaching was just intellectual instead of embodied and i want both i'm not getting rid of self-coaching but i want a fully embodied embodied life um, self-doubt and supposed to, I never met a leader that didn't experience self-doubt. Um, mine is, that's actually my highest one is self-doubt. It's down here at the bottom for those that are able to see the visual, my self-doubt, like I, <clears throat> I feel very fortunate to have meaningful work and I've cultivated meaningful work. I've cultivated meaningful work since I was 15 years old. Um, some, And I've taken the opportunity of certain life circumstances like divorce, being left, getting my real estate license, leaving companies. I've, I've, taken, I've taken the opportunities when life throws me a punch to find meaning. And so I do find myself living my dreams of work. I also don't have biological children that I'm raising in the house. My attention is not divided. And so honestly, my meaningful work gives me a sense of purpose, like enjoying my family, loving my dogs and doing my work. Right. So, and, and my hobbies of like being in the water and painting. I, yeah. <laughs> So that one feels really good, but I do get even around meaningful work. I I'm formulating a podcast of all the things I've been told I should do or shouldn't do as a leader. And I did a post about that the other day. Like someone was like, you're too soft. Yeah, I guess I'm too soft then (laughs) you're too much. I guess I'm too much. Then I'm going to keep being all the too much woman. Um, but there are so many little, quote, powerful leader rules that I break. And I can see why people do those things. And they're not, that's not, that's not my way of being. <laughs> that's not my way of being. Like one of them is don't interact with your clients on social media. What? Because then you're more um, like, it's like playing hard to get. No, that's just silly. Um, another one is, um, another one of those, like, 
I, I grew up, a, I went to a small private school that was college prep school. And so they taught us to research. And then I went to University of Texas for undergraduate and graduate. That's a research school. And so I just grew up giving credit, learning to give credit. And um, I've also been told or it's been modeled to me to never give credit, never talk about who your coaches are because it seems less powerful. Um, never give credit because it, you know, dilutes your power. And I know that by giving credit, I have absolutely lost clients in the best way because they go work with somebody else, but I'm a, I'm a give credit gal. (laughs) That's just, I, I am not on this ship alone. And I learned so much from so many of the people around me. Um, So yeah, even though meaningful work is way up there, I still can hear the shoulds. And when I'm not doing those shoulds um, or when I'm calmly standing in myself, there are parts of me, right? There's still parts of me that want to belong and they feel like if they break the rules, they'll belong. So for example, here's another one. Um. I have a couple of certifications, but like I haven't gone to ICF. I was trained at my company and I've been coaching for 15 years and I'm very aware of the ethics. We were actually trained on an ICF model. It just isn't official. I don't have an official coaching certification. I have a certification in um, visual coaching. I have a certification in um, expressive arts facilitation. Um, I have a master's degree in educational psychology, but I don't have like a PhD in psychology and I don't have, uh, I'm not a therapist and I don't have an ICF credential. And every once in a while, part of me is like, oh, I need that to be valid. And I do believe that there are reasons. And, you know, I think there's a lot of bullshit in the industry. And I also know that I'm in integrity. (laughs) I have no doubt that I'm in integrity with my work. And I'm not doing work that's inappropriate for me to do. But every once in a while, those um, those little, there's, a, there's another little tender part in there, right? That keeps me from wholehearted living. And I would call that performative living for me. There's certainly like I'm, I'm pursuing um, education and in internal family systems because I want to be educated and eventually it will come with a certification, but that's about me learning the skill. It's not about the certification. And when I notice, when I find myself searching for a PhD program um, or feeling doubt because I don't have an ICF certification, I know that there's something performative going on. It's not holistic. Um, Being cool and always in control ain't cool (laughs) ain't cool um laughter song and dance is the cultivating for that and i i definitely have the laughter but what's funny is i i really can see where i need more of the singing and dancing i would call it singing dancing and swimming but i get afraid to cut loose sometimes y'all i'm as goofy as i can be when it comes to song and dance i i like me there's there's parts of me that want to belong so I don't sing and dance. Um, I am clear on and committed to my values. And I'll go back to that all day long. And I love, um, she adds in this, the daring values from the daring way. And my values are always present. I have them written up on the wall. I have them written up on the wall. They are guideposts for me. 
Um, I have a values clarification exercise at allisoncrow.com. It's over on the far right. Can't remember the actual link right now if you want to do your values. I, I go through my values at least twice a year. I write a lot of my content from my values. Um, and I make choices and decisions around there. So what I love about combining this guidepost for wholehearted living and this inventory, even though Brene Brown is not like in the, I, I don't know if she's in the IFS world. She doesn't really talk about it. This is Brene Brown's work. It's so congruent with what I'm doing with internal family systems and self-leadership. And so when I say self-leadership, not only in the outworld context, I'm talking about the way I lead myself, the way I lead my tender parts, the way I lead my managerial kick-ass parts, the way I lead my emotions, the way I lead my body. And what I love is that yesterday I was feeling wobbly. Actually, a couple times this week I was feeling wobbly. And as I slow down, and so if you're feeling wobbly, just slow down and check back in. Check in with below your head, our sweet intellects. Our intellects are doing one of two things. Our sweet intellects are either telling us how to solve the problem or there's a critic that comes in there and shit shames us. But if you just drop in with compassion and connection to your own heart, and as I've been telling my clients, what are the parts of you that are closeted that maybe need to be on the altar you know, I, I have an altar of special things that sits over here next to me under the window. They're talismans of things that I want to focus on. And of course, they're beautiful and lovely. But what if I put comparison and jealousy up there and listen to them and not coach them? What if I just listen? What if you just listen? What if you just sat and listened to your fears? What if your fear had a chance to just voice her concerns and you listened? And listen does not mean believe. But what if you really heard the parts of you that get into what people think? Perfectionism, numbing, powerlessness, scarcity, fear the need for certainty, comparison, exhaustion, productivity, overdoing, um, over-hustling, over-performing, anxiety as a lifestyle, self-doubt and shooting all over yourself, being cool and always control. What if you know, Brene says letting go of, I don't want to let go of those. I want to nurture, I want to listen to those and nurture them. That's how I cultivate, right? So you can't cultivate something if you don't have a seed. And what if these aren't negative emotions? They may cause difficult feelings, but what if they are seed opportunities to cultivate something? I have... Um, I have a bowl right now. Well, my mom gave me some pods for a purple mountain laurel, lots of pods. And in my mom's yard, these pods drop and grow new things. And 
purple mountain laurel pods and the seeds inside are really hard. And so the first thing I did, like if they're in the basket that my mom gave them to me actually in a paper bag, if they're in the paper bag, they're just there, not doing anything. But if I soaked the seed or I soaked the pods and got the seeds out, and now I'm soaking the seeds to be able to plant them. But if I just leave those seeds sitting on the counter, or if I shove them in a drawer, they cannot grow into their glorious selves. And we can cultivate fear, for example, It's like what I've noticed in myself and in my clients, when we ignore something, it gets bigger. (laughs) And so that's how we cultivate what we don't want. That's why it keeps coming back up. But if I can really go and listen and learn what that fear needs, what, what it needs, then I don't bypass it and it relaxes and opens up into new seedlings. And so, yeah, I'm cultivating authenticity, self-compassion, a resilient spirit, gratitude, joy, intuition, creativity, play and rest, calm and stillness, meaningful work, laughter, song, and dance. And I wish the same for you, too. Uh, Yeah. And with that, I want to invite you to become a member of Soulful Success. We are doing a lot of this work of wholehearted living, self-leadership. What's amazing, like on our business calls, we'll bring up the business topics and, and um, sometimes it's strategic, but a lot of times it's, it's the um, tender parts that need to be resolved so that they need to be loved so that they can implement around business. Um, And we are cultivating all these things for ourselves as a community, as individuals, um, on business and life calls. <clears throat> so I want to invite you to join Solis. That is my coaching membership that I've created the program that I want to belong to that provides a sense of belonging and networking and community as we grow together. And that's what I want as a client. And so I've created it for y'all. Um, you can find more about that at coach with Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N.com, or you can message me on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, it's month to month. If you come in and don't like it, you can pop right back out. I also have two spots left for my um, painting retreat. I haven't really been talking a whole lot about my, my painting work, but I use the modality of painting to do some of this inner work to help my clients like obviously creativity and you put somebody in front of a canvas, especially us grown up, you put a child in front of a canvas, a piece of paper with paint and they just explore. But you know, as an adult, many of us, um, all these things start coming up. And so at my painting retreats, we use painting to explore our self-expression. And so we're doing a lot of um, internal family systems. I will be doing some internal family systems work, some parts work with my clients at the canvas um, at my painting retreat. Um, I don't know what the link is for that. Look how prepared I am for you guys. It will be in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes, or you could message me. I have two spots. That is at the end of September and October, first week of October, first weekend. I think it's a Wednesday through a Saturday or a Thursday through a Saturday. Boy, Allison, really good. And it's all good. It's all good. 
If you want to come, hunt me down. <laughs> hunt me down. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you for being a member of my video and audio community. I appreciate your cheers and support. Um, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. And I will see you next week. As always, thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag Better Life, Better Work Show. This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better. Better is better.